Thank you for joining Life Builders Church in Rangbar. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you. Let's just take a short moment to pray and then we'll get going. Um, Father God, we just want to thank you for um, your scriptures. Um, thank you for who you are. And Lord, I just want to pray that as we um, read the scriptures and also just talk and discuss, I pray that um, yeah, you'll, you'll guide us and you'll give us wisdom and you'll also teach us how to live. Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay, so for this morning, um, my, um, my sermon title is The Name Above All Names. And um, it's interesting, names are usually actually pretty important. Um, for the most part, they're like very functional, so they can help us um, you know, see the difference between different people or places. So when we talk about Sydney or Brisbane or Melbourne, we can know that, oh, okay, we're talking about different cities and we kind of know about them. And it's like just really useful names. Um, and we also know that if I say like, oh, hi Marge, or hi Haneke, hi Bella, or hi Willem, Quimorda Willem, Quibus. If I say that, we know that, oh, okay, we're talking about different people. Um, so it's very useful. Names are very kind of like, you know, we wouldn't really be able to function with, without, without them. Um, and so like names are just kind of like good, they're useful like, but they also have a bit more significance so sometimes we can use names to identify with groups if we say Australians or New Zealanders or Croatians or South Africans or Americans that, 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 that word, that name actually then identifies you with another group um, if I say the toads and cockroaches you might think, oh, there's like pesky pests. Um, or you can think about little like, like those little critters that run around. Um, or like the rugby team, the rugby teams. Um, but, um, but all of these different things are ways that we can identify with. You know, we might be strong um, blue supporters or maroon supporters or, you know, I don't know, what's... What, whatever. Who, who's, who's, who's your team? If Broncos. You, you're a Bronco. You know, there you go. Um, but yeah, so you've got all these, all these different names you can have that actually like, oh no, that's like part of my identity. It's part of who I am. And sometimes you can have names that are like names of honour. You know, names that we esteem. So if I say Albert Einstein or Mother Teresa, those names have a bit of a, like an aura around them, almost. The name's like, oh, like the smartest man ever or the, or the, the most, most saintliest of saints. And these names have this honour to them. And when we think about like a name above all name or an on, having an honourable name, that's kind of the idea that we see in Scripture. It's like we already have these names that we think about and when we hear the name, we have like it's a certain reaction of either reverence or respect. When we say Queen Elizabeth, um, we've got this idea of like, oh, somebody of honour and somebody of prestige. And so the question is then, yeah, for us and even for the world, you know, who, is, who has the greatest name? Who has the name of all names? This is probably a question for the kids. Kids, who has the greatest name? It's a Sunday school answer, you can say... Jesus. Okay, okay, I'm done. 
No, no, no. I, I assume that we, at least, I think most of us here would say that, yeah, Jesus has a name above all names. But I just want to explore a bit more. What, you know, what, what does that mean for us? And why is that important? Um, and also, how did Jesus, you know, you become the name above all names? How did he become the, the you know, the, the greatest of all time? Um, and in, um, during worship, we read Psalm 8. And it's really interesting. Both the beginning and the end of the, of the psalm, Psalm 8, says, O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. So God's name has this majesty to it. And if you kind of read the psalm, you, yeah, it's all about kind of God's glory being throughout the heavens. And he's got this, he's, he's almighty and he's strong. And you've got this um, kind of contrast, these two little bits that's, that's so jarring where you've got God's great majestic name and then he cares about us, you know, who so often aren't very honourable, who so often aren't majestic or anything like that. And he cares for us and he gives us honour and glory. And it's this authority that he's given in place for us to, you know, have dominion over the world, have this, this, this steward, being stewards and giving this responsibility over the earth. And he has honoured and glorified us in that, um, in that position. And yet, if we look from the beginning in Eden, we, we squandered that honour and glory. And even today, and throughout the Bible, we see that honour and glory that has been bestowed upon us and that we've been privileged with being dishonoured over and over and over. And we have this problem then, that we're not living up to the, the glory and honour that God has placed on us. So then we see from the start, we see God working in the world in order to redeem, and in order to um, um, redeem the honour and glory that he has given us, and also in order to, in a sense, redeem the honour that he has lost, in a sense. Not that God's like, honour is like, not that he's become smaller, but just to, in order for his reputation in this other way that we have tarnished, for him to redeem that and restore that in us. So we God seems slowly working through individuals in, in throughout Scripture. You know, you, we have Noah, and then we have Abraham, and then Abraham's sons, and then all of a sudden we have a little family, and then we've got Joseph who saves that family, and that's suddenly that that family of you know a couple hundred people, you know, 400 years later becomes this massive people, and God's working through this people, and then He takes these people out of um, out of um, the land of oppression, and he takes them out, and he, you know, sets them aside. He, he decides that, oh, you will be a holy people. You will be holy as I will be holy. And he begins this process of redeeming us. And in in Numbers six, verses twenty-two to twenty-seven. Make sure. Oh. Missed a couple of slides there, but that's fine. Um, yeah, but in Numbers six we see that God pronounces a special blessing on the people of Israel. Um, and in the end, the last portion of this blessing, and this is the, the, the blessing that we hear all the time, which is, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favour and give you his peace. And that is what Aaron is supposed to um, you know, speak over the people. And at the end of that verse... It says, 
Um, when Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Or as uh, Net and most other versions say, um, so when they will put my name on the Israelites, I will bless them. God's name is replaced in this kind of setting back onto the Israelites. They become the bearers of God's name. But again, we see the Israelites over and over in different ways fail to be faithful to God. They're not faithful as God is faithful to them. So they fail to bear the name above all names, the name of God. But then that, that, that solution, again, God's, that he's working out to redeem his people that he has given honour and to redeem um, the honour that was tarnished by us being by being dishonourable. God sets us out to kind of come and, and be the honourable person. You come to be the person that will be the one who does represent God and be an, like an, the Israelite who fulfils what, what the Israelites needed to be done. And so in Philippians 2 verses 5 to 11 we read the following. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus, um, the Son of God, God the Son, Son of God, humbled himself uh, by emptying himself of all his honour and prestige that he you know, sat um, pleasingly in, in, in heaven with God, the Father. And he emptied himself of that and became a humble slave and served those around him and um, sacrificed himself for us. And in doing so, he was... Um, Exalted for what he had, for what he had done for us, and he again became and was placed. The name of Jesus be, was placed as the name above all other names, and it is the name that every person on heaven on earth will declare that Jesus is Lord, and it's all to the glory of God the Father. So you've got this idea of of we who dishonoured the name and dishonoured the glory of God, Jesus honoured and glorified God the Father. And therefore the name above all names is in Jesus. And it's interesting because then this is like this so this is like the the clear verse where it says, you know, name above all names, Jesus. And it's a it's a question for us. Okay, then what does this mean for us? Nice Christians well, the, the, the little hint at the, at the start of was, the start of this passage was, okay, you with the same attitude as Christ Jesus had, be like this. 
But before we get there, we go to Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7. And it says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you're his child, God has made you his heir. And this is emphasized again at the start of the Gospel of John, in verses 10 to 14. Jesus came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So we are, we have become co-heirs with Christ. We are fellow brothers and sisters, fellow children of God the Father. And it's this adoption. Whenever we, you know, we typically have this process of when somebody adopts somebody, they receive the name of that person. And you've got this idea of like, you know, there's this, this new tie that we have with the new, kind of, with the new parent, in, in the same sense. And in the same sense that we, who call ourselves Christians, you know, Christian, you know, the, the, the name is already there. And it's, now that we have this name and now that we are children and co-heirs, we are also representatives. Just as the Israelites who um, had God's name placed on them were supposed to be representatives, even though they, they failed to live up to that mission, we are also supposed to be representatives of God. We are also supposed to um, bear the name. We are children who have the inheritance and the kingdom. And what a privilege! We don't just work for, um, we don't just toil like a slave who only gets, you know, the food and the house and eventually freedom one day. No, we are sons and daughters who um, humble ourselves as slaves and serve in the kingdom for the kingdom. But we have an inheritance in the kingdom, and so therefore, when we live our day-to-day -day life, we've got to think about, you know. The way am I living? Am I honouring the name above all names? If I carry the name above all names with me, and that name is on me, and I'm a, and, and I'm a, a fellow brother of that name, a fellow sister of that name, and the son of that name, a daughter of that name, how do how am I living that out? And so this is where I kind of want to kind of get to a place of kind of thinking where we can all kind of, as fellow brothers and sisters can think oh. I think yes um, so I kind of want to think for us together as fellow brothers and sisters I want us to actually talk to one another and, and talk about this question just for a couple of minutes about five minutes um, 
And I want us to answer the question, how should the children of God live today? How should those who bear the name above all name, those who you know, have, have it placed on our, um, basically, yeah, placed on our forehead, even in Revelation where it speaks about having the mark of Christ. Um, you know, when we bear this name and we, when we are the representative, when we are, you know, people of Christ and Christian, you know, how do we live that out? We pray you've enjoyed this message from Life Builders Church in Rainbow. For more information about our church, please go to our website at www.lifebuilderschurch.org.au. Until next time, God bless.